Free agency, the draft, training camp, preseason, it's all over. Everything that happened in the offseason is about to get put to the test, and we talk about it all on the Brandon Contis Jets podcast right now. Contis, I am a Contis. You better like me. I'm from Patchogue. All righty, nice job with the music, YouTube. You're listening to the Brandon Contest Jets podcast on SB Nation. Episode one of my first ever sports podcast where we'll keep it simple. We'll keep it short, never more than 20 minutes. If I have more to say, I'll put it in another podcast and I'll bang out a couple each week. But no gimmicks, no. I'll be drinking this IPA with an 8.4 ABV today while talking to you. Just football in what is an incredibly important time for the Jets. Incredibly important for setting this team up for the next decade. We could say one season, one game, one quarter at a time, but the Jets need to develop Sam Darnold. And as much as there is pressure on Adam Gase to win this season, the most important task is developing Darnold. Something the Jets have been unable to do. Develop a young quarterback and mold them into a franchise player. That could be here for a decade. I expect the Jets to be better this season. I do. And and maybe even competing for a playoff spot. We'll touch on a win-loss estimation a little bit later on in the podcast. But more than how many games they're going to win. I want to walk away from this season feeling good about the quarterback situation. I want to walk away from this season feeling like I know Sam Darnold is going to be here for the next decade. And he's going to be a potentially elite quarterback for the next decade. And I didn't love the hire of Adam Gase going into the season Although now he's starting to win me over a little bit because he just seems like an absolute football nut. And I like that little bit of quirkiness and it makes me think that he's a a crazed, mad scientist behind the scenes. And and that's what I want. I want a guy that's going to be all football all the time. But the media made way too big a deal about the fact that he only sleeps four hours a night and runs on three 20-ounce coffees during the day. Because that's pretty much what I do myself. And I'm not an NFL head coach, so I would expect that. From Adam Gase. But I'm going to measure this season based on how I feel about Sam Darnold at the end of the year. If he helps develop him into a legitimate quarterback, then I'm going to feel good about the Adam Gase hire. And if the new general manager, Joe Douglas, can build an offensive line to help Sam Darnold develop and protect him, then we're going to forget about the disaster that was firing Mike McCagnan during the offseason following free agency and the draft. And that is why the signing of Ryan Khalil, their new center, was so important. Convincing a player to come out of retirement to play for the Jets. Getting a a premier player to want to play for your team, to want to play with your quarterback, that it was worthwhile coming out of retirement for, that's something that we're not used to as Jet fans. That's part of a culture change. And stuff like that only happens when you have a franchise quarterback. And look, I remember the free agency class that the Jets brought in during the offseason, Le'Veon Bell, C.J. Mosley. These are impact players. These are guys that you're going to hear about every single Sunday if they're healthy. But when your priority on your roster is your young quarterback and you're able to bring in a five-time Pro Bowler, a two-time All-Pro in Ryan Khalil, that's going to be the most important free agent acquisition that you can make, even if he's coming out of retirement. And here's one thing that I personally look for when a player comes out of retirement is is what did they retire for and how did they handle that short-lived retirement? Because if you have somebody that was just unable to adjust to being retired, if you have somebody that was unable to transition to no longer having that structured life that they've had probably since elementary school being on a schedule organized for them having a strict practice schedule knowing where and when they had to be with coaches and trainers and dietitians every single day if Ryan Khalil was just sitting at home and he felt desperate to get back into that schedule because he couldn't transition away from it and he couldn't fill that void that was no longer being a part of a professional football team then I'll be honest I don't really want him on the New York Jets 
But I look at Ryan Kalila as somebody that has outside aspirations. I look at him, he's, he's a guy that was interested in the film industry, interested in claymation. He's worked with Will Ferrell. He's worked with The Rock on different projects. He has ties to Los Angeles. So you would think that, it, that that's something that could fill that void, that those are things that could occupy his time, that when he retires, he had hobbies. He had things to do. He had, he had different aspirations outside of football. So if he wants to get back into the game, in my mind, he's doing it because he really wants to play. He's doing it because he really believes in the New York Jets and he believes in Sam Darnold as a player and believes that he could be part of developing him as a quarterback. Look, he doesn't have Josh McCown anymore as that veteran mentorship. Ryan Khalil could fill that void for him. And that's one of the reasons that this signing goes beyond just having somebody that could snap the ball to, to Sam Darnold every single Sunday. Use Andrew Luck as a warning. Use what happened in the Indianapolis Colts as a warning to what could happen to Sam Darnold and the New York Jets. Because here you had a stud quarterback. You had a guy that was looking at making $200 million for the rest of his career, and he gave it all up. He, he threw it all away because he wasn't interested in dealing with the injuries anymore. He wasn't de interested in dealing with the fact that he didn't have an offensive line early on in his career. And the, the Colts didn't protect him early on. They weren't concerned. They had this stud quarterback, and they did not invest in the offensive line early in his career the injuries compiled he got frustrated he's out and Andrew Luck should serve as a warning to the New York Jets and he should frighten the entire league the fact that somebody that's going to make 200 300 million dollars for the rest of their career was willing to throw it all away just because they were frustrated over the amount of injuries that they've had the NFL could worry about ratings they could worry about the pass interference rule they could worry about the American flag and players kneeling the biggest thing that the NFL should be worrying about is the fact that they had a young quarterback. They had a one of their superstar players retire before the age of 30. And if you think he's the only young star NFL player that's thinking, you know what, maybe it's more important to preserve my health down the road than it is to be playing right now, making as much money as I can right now, you're crazy. There's no way he's the only player that's thinking that way. And I think that's one of my hesitations about being so excited about having Le'Veon Bell on this team. And and look, I think Bell's going to be great. I think he is going to come out and he's playing with a chip on his shoulder and he has his money now. So he's willing to take whatever workload the Jets are going to give him. But is this team ready for Le'Veon Bell? Is this team ready for a star free agent running back? Is a star free agent running back a building block? For the New York Jets, is it where you want to allocate your dollars? Because I do wonder if signing Le'Veon Bell at this point is going down that path of making the same type of mistakes that the Indianapolis Colts made with Andrew Luck, of giving him those flashy toys before they built the offensive line around him. Is this team ready for that type of running back? And I'll give Bell credit because for me, questioning whether or not they should have signed Le'Veon Bell is not about him personally. It's just about does it make sense to give a running back that type of money? Does it make sense for where the Jets are right now to sign this type of flashy player? Does he fit into the way that they're trying to build this team? And even though we haven't seen him out on the field, he didn't step on, in on a preseason game, which I have no problem with. Why risk injury with your running back? I, I wouldn't have put him out there anyway. But he's said all the right things. He's made it sound as if he's all in on this season. And for that, you, you get excited. When you hear him say this type of stuff, it makes you, you feel good about the fact that he didn't just get paid and checked out. He got paid, and now he's not concerned about injury. He got his long-term contract, so however the Jets want to use him is fine with him. And when you hear him talk about that, when you hear him say the conversations that he's had with Adam Gase and say stuff like this, it gets you excited. Um, obviously, you know, I want to just do it, make sure we do enough or make sure I do enough to win the game. Um, obviously, that's most important. Um, so when I told him that, I mean, don't, you know, hold back and try to worry about my touches or how many plays I'm playing. 
because um, I'm ready. You know, I mean, I've been working hard in practice. I made sure um, they've been giving me the reps in practice so, you know, I can get as most as close to game ready as I, you know, as I can. Um, nobody in the preseason has played a full game, so um, it's going to be interesting to see, um, you know, how I feel, how everybody else feels. And um, I want to go out there and, you know, make sure we win the game. So that's why I mean by don't hold back at all. And that audio is courtesy of NewYorkJets.com. But even though he's he's a great player, he's a supremely talented player, Le'Veon Bell is, and he, he's acting right now like somebody that's going to fit in well with the locker room and not be any trouble for the next couple of seasons while he's here. But I look at the signing of Le'Veon Bell, and I look at this Jets roster and the way that they're conformed right now, the way that they need to be focusing on Sam Darnold and developing him and building the offensive line. And I feel like they just took a... $10,000, perfectly tailored, slim fit, just just makes Sam Darnold look fantastic. They handed it to him, and they said, hey, here, go put this on, but the guy has no idea how to tie a tie. So he's got this fancy, expensive suit that should fit him perfectly, but when he puts it on, it just doesn't look right when he's got the tie tied like a shoelace. And that's how I look at the signing of Le'Veon Bell, because he's got this great toy in Le'Veon Bell. He's got this great talent standing right next to him, but if you can't get him the ball every single time consistently, what good is it? So Bell's going to put up numbers. I'm sure there's going to be times that him and Darnold look like they have a great connection. But I'd prefer if he knew how to tie a tie first. And I'd prefer if they built that offensive line and protected him the way the Colts should have done with Andrew Luck early on in his career. So I said the goal is to see Sam Darnold develop. And I said I expect to see improvement on last year from the New York Jets. But where do I see this team winding up at the end of the season? And we're just a couple of days away from kickoff against the Buffalo Bills week one at home for the New York Jets. But... I want to give a bit of a prediction of where I think that this team could wind up at the end of the year. And to do that, I think I want to play one of the most most classic sports talk games in the history of sports talk radio. And that's the win-loss game, created by none other than Mike and the Mad Dog, the founders of sports talk radio. All right, that's a win, okay, for New York, okay. That's a loss, all right. Look ahead to the schedule, all right, that's a win. But obviously, I've seen the schedule many times, and and I have in my head that I think this is a team that could get to be around 500 by the end of the year. But I just want to roll through really quick. I I don't want to give any insight onto the games. I don't want to give any thoughts onto the games other than just kind of look at the schedule and say win-loss, win-loss, and see where we wind up. All right, so week one, home against the Bills. I'm going to go win Week two against the Browns, loss. Week three in New England. If you're going to get the Pats, get them early. So let's go win two and one at the bye. Then you come out in Philly, loss. Home against the Cowboys, loss. Home against the Patriots, loss. In Jacksonville, loss. That's four in a row. Um, In Miami, win. Home against the Giants, win. In Washington, win. Home against the Raiders, loss. In Cincinnati, win. Home against the Dolphins, win in Baltimore, loss. Home against the Steelers, loss. And round out the season at Buffalo with a win. So that is 8-8. Eight and eight. That is what we call a 500 record for your New York Jets, boys and girls. That's kind of where I thought that I would end up, but I wasn't sure if I'm running through the schedule quick, if I would just somehow find 10 wins or 10 losses or, or do something like that. But this is a, a, between 7-9 and nine and 9-7 nine and team in my mind. This is a, a flawed roster. There, there's no question that there's holes. And as much as I've ranted and raved about how much I love Ryan Khalil bring, being brought to this roster, he, he's no sure thing. Having not taken a snap in the preseason with Sam Darnold, you look at this Jets roster and you just wonder, what, what is their identity? What, what do they do really, really well? What is it that they're going to dominate the other team every single week with. And unfortunately, there's just no good answer. 
Is their identity the offense with a quarterback in year two? As much talent as he has, he's a second-year quarterback. How much pressure can you put on him to carry this team? Is it their offensive line? Like I just said, their best offensive lineman hasn't even taken a snap with their quarterback yet, and everybody's always talking about stability on the offensive line. Well, there's a lot of parts that have been interchanged for the New York Jets. Is it their running back that hasn't played in 600 days? Is their wide receivers, Jamison Crowder, Quincy Anunua, Robbie Anderson? That's a fine wide receiving crew, but that's not something that you want to say, well, this wide receiving crew is going to destroy the opposition secondary every single week because it's just not the case. It, it, they're good, but none of them are great. None of them are amazing. And is Quincy Anunua going to stay healthy? That's a major question mark. And how about the Jets secondary? Is that a strength? No. That's not something that, you, that you're going to rely on every single week to shut down the the opposing wide receivers and the opposing offense. As a matter of fact, in week one, if I'm the Buffalo Bills, I'm throwing deep with Josh Allen consistently against this Jets secondary to test Tremaine Johnson and his injury and test this team. Jamal Adams is a stud, but there's a lot of holes on this secondary. The D-line, Quinn and Williams, their draft pick, okay. I, I mean, he's a rookie. Like, how, how, how much can we rely on him right now in thinking that he's going to carry this defense? Leonard Williams in year five now had the expectations that we have for Quinn and Williams, but we never really lived up to them. Or we can expect a breakout season in year five. How many players break out in year five of the NFL? By, by this point, we know what Leonard Williams is. He's fine. C.J. Mosley, I mean, you want to tell me that the front seven is the strength of this defense? It's certainly better than the secondary, but again, that's not something that's going to carry the team. That's not something that's going to be the identity of the New York Jets this year. Specials, losing Andre Roberts, losing Jason Myers, bringing in Gary Vedvik, who the Vikings traded for and then just threw away after two weeks. I, I mean, there's serious questions there as well. This is a team that could lose a lot of games late if the kicking game isn't fixed. Look, the bottom line is, I think this is a mediocre team. Heading into week one, they have holes. They have question marks. But it's a new coach. It's a new GM. They're going to want to put their stamp on the New York Jets. So let's keep the quarterback upright. Help them get better. Let's go into Sunday with some optimism. Because you know what? You, you never know when players can develop from good to great, exceed some expectations, and surprise everybody for a season. This is the Brandon Contest Jets podcast. We'll chat after week one against the Buffalo Bills. Be good.